Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 Podcast with Matt and Tommy. We are here today to do the favourite part of any week, which is put a number to a driver to summarise their entire weekend. And everybody agrees, don't they, Tommy? That's the beauty of it. Um, yeah, uh, everyone's always so, like, they, they just they just love it, don't they? They love it. They do love it in ways in which <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but I'm looking forward to it uh, all, the, all the same because it was chaotic. So there might be some discrepancies with our ratings and everyone loves a disagreement. So let's see if that happens today. Now, before we dive into our Qatar Grand Prix F1 driver ratings, we have a five-star review to share with you. If you want yours to be read out, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know why you love this podcast. It helps us massively. Uh, and this one comes in from Ace Memphis in Norway. Ever since I started listening to this podcast, I often find myself in situations discussing F1 with colleagues and friends. I always have some fresh knowledge to bring while they don't know I'm ripping off what I just heard in the latest P1 podcast. Thank you, Tommy and Matt, for making me the smartest person in the room. I don't know about that. That's not us. That's just us, all you. Uh, P.S. These guys are both brilliant and funny, and this is by far the best F1 podcast out there. Thank you so much, Ace Memphis. Uh, I love the fact that you are using excerpts from our podcast to throw some will knowledge at people. Uh, so that makes me very happy indeed. Uh, but don't obviously throw what Tommy says because it's complete and utter nonsense, isn't it, Tommy? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I'm <laughs> looking forward to uh, you uh, yeah, having your conversations being like, well, uh, and then just just they're going to know that it's from our podcast because, uh, well, people say we know will. I don't know if we know will. I'm just chatting absolute rubbish now. I'm very tired. I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, they'll they'll know it's from our podcast if it includes the word wash. Uh, wash so there yeah. you go. They're like, oh, anyway. he was washed this weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you've been listening to Matt and Tommy again. Fantastic wheel knowledge, yeah, yeah. Right, let's dive into it then, shall we? And begin with Logan Sargent in the sprint. He started 20th, DNF. In the race, started 15th, DNF. This one, it's difficult, right? <laughs> we begin with it's difficult to grade because these driver ratings are difficult anyway. But when it's a sprint weekend, it's even more difficult because the sprint was was terrible for old Logan. Spun on his own. See you later. End of the sprint. In the race, however, I was reasonably, reasonably impressed to a degree. So I'm going to give him a four out of ten. So that still sounds like a terrible grade, but he spun out of the sprint. And the race obviously was was going okay. He was just behind Albon, but then he started slipping back. And then obviously we know what happened and he retired due to, to sickness after having uh, flu earlier in the weekend. And it kind of just caught up on caught, caught up with him. I mean, I, I can completely respect how he must have been feeling in the car, considering what the drivers were going through and they were in normal fitness. If you're just coming out of the, out of the sort of an end of a bug, I mean, goodness me. So uh, Slogan gave it a good go. Fair enough. But I can't give him any higher than a four because it wasn't a great weekend. I've also gone for a four out of ten. Um, the sprint was obviously uh, a bit of a disaster and it was it was a shame really because he was looking, you know, this, this weekend he did look closer to Albon and we're like, just don't make a mistake. Uh, and of course, you know, had the, the spin in the sprint and we're going, oh God, is that it? Um, and then in the race, he wasn't actually that far behind Alex. He was running in the points at some points, although it was such a crazy strategy race. You never know where that was going to pan out. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't downgrade him or anything for um, retiring. You know, you know, it's serious when, you know, no driver would ever want to um, retire a perfectly fine car. So that just shows like how bad it was for him. So can't, you know, can't 
downgrade him or, or say anything bad about that because uh yeah just uh unfortunate and i guess fair play to him for plowing through for for so much longer because he came on the radio quite early to say it and still kind of stuck it out but um not the greatest weekend for him but maybe he'll he'll bounce back for his home race yeah you say that you don't want to retire a perfectly good car especially in his situation where the only seat that's not confirmed for 2024 is his seat so of course that he's going to be feeling that pressure anyway and and I'm sure he tried to the absolute level but he he made the right decision it was a mature decision for him to have made because he could have easily just been like well no this is you know this is my F1 seat on the line push too hard and then he could have had a catastrophic incident and so he Fair play to him for, for making that decision because it could not have been easy uh, for him to for him to do that. Alex Albon now started the sprint in 17th and finished 7th. And in the race, he started 13th and finished 13th. Gone for a 7 out of 10 for Alex Albon. This is, again, uh, this will happen all the time where we say it's difficult because of sprint and, and race and how do you weigh it up? Uh, of course, 7th. Uh, is a great result because he's got a couple of points for Williams, ad- adding more points to his tally. But his race, unfortunately, was a bit uh, messy, had a, obviously a lot of track limits, wasn't miles ahead of uh, Logan this weekend. And I think probably could have done um, a fair bit better in the race, particularly when you've, you know, you've got two Alfa Romeo scoring. So I think that was maybe a missed opportunity for some more points. But um, still a, a a good drive. So certainly not a bad drive at all. Uh, so gone for a seven. Not bad from Alex. I've gone for an eight out of ten for Alex Albon, uh, mainly because I know we don't usually wait more towards the sprint. But he's in a Williams and he scored two points and finished seventh from starting seventeenth on the grid. Chose the correct strategy and drove unbelievably well. The Williams was not supposed to score points this weekend. It, it just it isn't a car that's suited to this track. And I think that he's outperformed the car to walk away with a couple of points. I think um, he'll be surprised. I think Williams will be surprised. It, it wasn't looking particularly great uh, when you ride on board with them. But but to, to utilize that kind of result, that's sort of how I've weighed this one. I feel like it be a little bit harsh to, to grade him any lower just purely because he's come away with a couple of points and I know in any other weekend I'm probably giving him an eight if he finishes ninth so well done Alex uh you did a good job my friend Liam Lawson now started the sprint in 14th didn't finish and in the race he started 17th finished 17th I have gone for a three out of 10 for Liam Lawson this weekend um it just was not a weekend that he'll want to remember, to be honest. he This was probably the first race, actually definitely the first race, where he looked like a rookie, where he, he was off the pace. He made that mistake in the sprint, which caused him to DNF. And then in the race, he just didn't have the pace either. He said that the car was on a knife's edge and, and he just couldn't push. And I think towards the end of the race, he gained seven tenths. That was something around the team radio and he gained some pace towards the end of the race and they needed to explore that as well. So it just felt as though Liam wasn't on top of the car this weekend. And what a shame for him to have ended his sort of little spree of great races and this final one before Danny Rick comes back and it's an absolute stinker. So I've given him a three just purely because he is still only, what, four races into his Formula One career. So uh, the lenience is there, but it's still a three. I've also gone for a three out of ten for Liam. It was a, yeah, pretty disastrous sprint. Um, you know the fact that he made that that mistake, um, and and then yeah, his race was was poor. Really, uh, didn't qualify very well, uh, and just was kind of anonymous at the at the back. Like you say, it was maybe what we might have. Uh, he, he essentially did the race that I'd have kind of expected him to have done at, say, like a Zandvoort or something, where <laughs> had a spin, maybe wasn't that quick, and we could could kind of give him the benefit of the doubt um, and gone, oh, you know, he uh, should be um, better in the next few races. And yeah, what what a shame that you, you do wonder. It, it's such a it's such a sad way for him to sort of bow out for the year and potentially, you know. Uh, unless Perez continues on the <laughs> form he is uh, and everyone gets bunched up, might not even have a seat next year as well, Liam. So um, a shame to have his final race for a while uh, be so poor. 
Let's move to Yuki Sonoda now. Started the sprint in 18th, finished 11th. And in the race, started 11th and finished 15th. Gone for a 5 out of 10 for Yuki Sonoda. It's one of those races where I don't think he's driven particularly badly. Uh, like I mentioned in the main race, wondering what on earth is going on with his strategy because he was running 8th at the start and you think, he's actually doing pretty good and his pace isn't bad. Um, but for them to get kind of beaten, I think, uh, by the Alfa Romeos, there's definitely some points on the cards um, and to finish 15th is very disappointing. And of course, uh, the sprint, there's not many points on offer, so that's a lot more difficult to get points. So not not great for Alfa Tauri in general, really. No, not at all. I've gone for five out of 10 as well uh, for Yuki Sonoda. I think this is one of those ones where I don't think we can really blame the strategy, I think Yuki himself said after the race, they just didn't have any pace. Uh, it wasn't like when you actually look at his strategy, it's not like it was anything particularly crazy. Uh, he did quite a short stint at the start on the mediums, I think, and he went nine laps. And then he went on to another set of mediums for 13 and then had a couple of hard stints towards the end. So it's not like it was particularly crazy. The only thing that sort of stands out is that early uh, medium pit stop at the at the beginning. Um, but yeah, Yuki just didn't have the pace. Alpha Tauri just having one of those races where just they fall back and uh, into into sort of the unknown. So unfortunate for them, but uh, straight down the middle for me. Nico Hulkenberg now started the sprint in seventh, didn't finish. And in the race, started 14th and finished 16th. Oh, this, this, is, this is sad because it wasn't going to be this low. It's a three out of 10 for Nico Hulkenberg from me. It is an unforgivable mistake to park in the wrong grid slot. I know it's easily done as us. You know, if we were in that race or if we were on the F1 game, I'm sure we could accidentally make that mistake. But it is his job. He has paid a large sum of money to go into the right grid box. There is literally a thing on the side that says hull for where he needs to stop. And he went to sigh. Or maybe it was nothing. I don't know. But he went into Carlos Sainz's grid spot, got a 10-second stop-and-go penalty, which then just completely ruined his race. And... That was the end of that for Nico Hulkenberg. I gone for a four out of ten for Nico Hulkenberg. Yeah, his error was daft to say the the least. Um, you think when you're in that situation and you're pulling away in the formation lap, your head is going right. Remember, there's an empty grid spot in front of you. This is unusual. Make sure you don't forget. And then yeah, pulls into the the other grid spot. And it looked like from his body language, at least in the car, I've not heard from an interview, but I imagine this is the case that he knew immediately the second he was like, Oh, damn. But well, no, he said he said after the race, he said he even realized sort of halfway into pulling up into the grid box that oh, he couldn't no. just like he could just stick it in reverse because that would be even worse. So it did actually have black once. flagged. Um so. go on. Uh, where, where did that happen, Tommy? Go on. It was, take, uh, me, take me back Keller. in time. Fizzy Keller in Malaysia that uh, went in the wrong grid spot and then um, clumsily kind of reversed back into into his spot. Um, and that was exactly the same situation where someone retired on the formation lap. Uh, I think he got a penalty, um, but don't quote me on that. But it was very uh, comical to watch him just, you know, the lights ready to go out and him just sort of doing a Austin Powers three-point turn trying to get onto the grid. Um, but back to Hulkenberg's race standard Hulkenberg uh unbelievable qualifying in the sprint uh seventh place in a house is incredible um and then just is driving a house and not very good uh shame about well, the he's sprint. in the crash wasn't he so he's that, in the crash was, yeah. yeah um and then obviously the 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 race cost him and you do think with Alfa Romeo what might have been for Haas because this should have been the race where they don't have so much of a problem on tires because everyone has to do a lot of stops but instead they've come away pointless. Yes, absolutely. Uh, sad for Nico Hulkenberg. Kevin Magnussen now started the sprint in 19th, finished 13th, then started the race in 18th and finished 14th. Gone for a 4 out of 10 for Kevin Magnussen as well. Um, obviously he's finished higher on the road uh, than Hulkenberg, um, but still questionably slow, I'd say, with uh, particularly his qualifying. I mean... When your teammates up in seventh and you're qualifying 19th uh, and then equally the same uh, in the main race starting 18th is is really poor. Um, and I think his 14th is maybe flattered a bit by the fact that he was on that uh, 
Bottas strategy that worked so well for him where they they pitted and got their kind of soft tire run out the way and then could could use the tires in that in that stint um and essentially use one of their um one of their three pit stops for for free if you like um so mate yeah I think he's maybe a bit flattered with with the 14th um a frustrating one for, for Kevin Magnussen because I do think they've hired him too early personally if he keeps doing this. As you keep saying. <laughs> yeah, I will continue. Reminding yeah. if they are Stop listening. qualifying 18th then. It's <laughs> <laughs> yes, true. It's very true. Um, yeah, just on that, it's probably worth mentioning that we didn't really highlight that in our in our main race podcast around the whole, you know, they weren't forced into a four-stop strategy. Uh, I saw a comment on our YouTube channel which uh, sort of corrected us on that and obviously had a look into it. And yeah, it was absolutely fair that, and the right decision as well for a lot of these teams to, well, not a lot, actually. It was only like three or four drivers that, that pitted on the end of lap three, which was still when the safety car was out, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they idea. then... I'm surprised they then no, basically, not more did it. Yeah. So they got rid of, especially if they were on the soft tires, it was a genius stroke of luck because that meant they could get rid of the soft tires that were going to clearly uh, sort of ruin their race at some point in the near future. And then they did two stops from then because they could do 18 and 18. So it was um, three stops. No, no two stop because it's 18, 18, and 18. 18, it's yeah. The stint on that is really annoying. It's on that tire, and then you have yeah. two stops. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. 18, 18, 18. There you go. <laughs> My brain just went, that's 36, Matt. But yes, um, we're not going to have this confusion for probably another long, <laughs> a very long time. So, uh, so yeah. I've gone for a four out of 10 for K Mag. I have to give him slightly higher just purely because he parked in the right grid spot. <laughs> and uh, still, still not, you know, still not down the middle. I think K Mag has been useless in qualifying this year for the majority of the season, and it's really where the Haas can get a great result. That, that on the Saturdays or the Fridays, depending on if it's a sprint or not, that's when the Haas should be coming into its own. And Hulkenberg is showing that, but but K Mag is just being very, very below average. Um, so yeah, four out of ten from me. Lance Stroll now started the sprint in sixteenth, finished fifteenth. And started the race in 16th and finished 11th. I have gone for a 3 out of 10 for Lance Stroll. Uh, in the sprint, it was um, nothing to write home about. Got a post-race penalty in the race. Also got two to five second penalties. He was actually having quite a good race. I won't. I, I'm, I am going to highlight that, that he was running in 9th and finished on the road in 9th, but then couldn't keep it between the white lines and therefore got... A couple of five-second penalties, which demoted him to 11th. And three out of 10, you know, may seem slightly harsh, but I still can't forget how he reacted on Friday. And there is a demotion of one point for the way he was. <laughs> I've gone for a four out of 10 for Lance Stroll. Uh, yeah, his race was actually all right if it wasn't for the penalties, but he did get um, penalties. Um, sums up Lance's season a bit, doesn't it? That I'm like, four out of 10, he wasn't actually that bad. Um, four out of 10, Um which which shows kind of what a stinker he's having, um, but of course, you know we mentioned it enough on Friday, but uh, this this weekend will be remembered. Uh, his race will be remembered for one thing, and you do wonder, um, yeah, what what his his future is uh, at the team, even though his dad owns it at the moment. We shall see. Fernando Alonso now started the sprint in ninth, then finished eighth, and in the race started fourth, finished sixth. Gone for an eight out of ten for Fernando, despite maybe having rare Alonso mistakes, if you like, uh, went off. I think he's watched it back. Still very fortunate not to get a uh, a penalty for the the rejoin because that was pretty pretty crazy. But um, you look at it on paper and go. Wow, sixth in that Aston Martin, qualifying fourth somehow. How's he done that again uh, when his teammate's not even making it out of... I know his teammate's obviously having a really poor run of form, but I don't think the Aston Martin... Um, do you mean he, is... he, uh, he equaled his best good slot? <laughs> yes, he did, Sample. actually. <laughs> um, but I don't think for a second that the Aston Martin uh, is a car that should be qualifying fourth on the grid, but Fernando does Fernando things and gets a good result even when... Yeah, he made the odd error uh, and his butt was on fire for a lot of the race. Sounds like he got some burns as well. Um, and one thing that was wild to me is that this man is 42 years old and looked the freshest of anyone after that race, like doing his interviews and stuff. 
you wouldn't have known he was in the the same race as some people and that's not uh me kind of discrediting other others fitness because they've all run different races and, and whatever um but it's just impressive that that fernando at that age is still um yeah still <laughs> that fit and healthy it's it's incredible really yeah, it is absolutely unbelievable. I've also gone for an 8 out of 10. Uh, I'm sure some people will be commenting, out, oh my God, Alonso, you're such a fanboy, blah, blah, blah. But I've also gone for an 8 out of 10 um, just purely because I think it was a really impressive uh, weekend uh, from Fernando. That Aston Martin is struggling, as we can see with Lance Stroll especially. Um, but yeah, he's he's still managing to utilise every last droplet of that car. And, and also as well, you know, it's really impressive not only to be 42 years old and to, you know, be as fresh as he was at the end of the race, but also to have had that problem with the car that was causing him to be even hotter than than perhaps should have been, and and still managed to you know secure P six, and even though he did want to have a, a nice little cool down during the pit stop, um, but obviously adding water into the cockpit is going to add weight, and the team made the decision that that was that was not possible. Um, not, but yeah, not legal. Yeah, apparently. yeah, and yeah, not legal as well. Yeah, so. Yeah. Not sure what that would have actually done either. I think that was just more like a please, I'm so hot kind of thing rather than it actually would have helped. You know what I mean? Like it would yeah, have just been yeah, very definitely. hot water within about a minute. So, yeah, really impressive from Fernando. Amazing stuff. And we just want How to see him How is he still fourth, by the, the way? <laughs> just, just one more little uh, Fernando Alonso fanboy moment. I will will stop. But um, just thinking like how long that Aston Martin has not been very good for and he's still 30 points clear um a fourth um in that championship is quite remarkable when i would not put it part i think everyone would would say that mclaren are going to leapfrog them particularly with how stroll's driving at the moment so they're gonna um probably end up or very very likely finish fifth in the constructors and fernando might well hang on to p4 in the drivers which would be an unbelievable achievement with how that car is at the moment certainly would okay i'll stop now (laughs) I know. I was just like letting you go. Like, go on. What more do you want to say about Fernando? Watch every other driver get three words from you now. Uh, Valtteri Bottas started the sprint in 13th, finished 10th, started the race in 9th, finished 8th. I've gone for a whopping 9 out of 10 for Valtteri Bottas this weekend to score four points in that Alfa Romeo that has been awful for almost all of the season made Q3 as well, started ninth, and then just utilised everything. I like, had that really great strategy. Shout out to Ruth Buscombe for, for getting involved and doing that on the, on the strategy side, and, and it was a blinder. It kept uh, Bottas very much in the hunt, and you know, I, I remember just doing the Twitch watch long going, Tommy, is, is Bottas actually... Has Bottas got another pit stop or not? And you were like, I don't really know. And then chat were like, no, he doesn't. I was like, oh my God. Because of course, he, he made that pit stop on lap three, and yeah, it was an absolute blinder, and yeah, four points is is really really good from Valtteri, and it's nice to see glimpses of not being a Kimi Raikkonen going into retirement at times, and actually showing what Valtteri can do and what we know he can do. Definitely, I've gone for a nine out of ten as well. It was a brilliant uh, weekend from from Bottas. Really, you think, of course, you know you can look at the strategy, uh, and it's helped him massively uh, in that race that he's started on the soft, got the safety car, and it's essentially he's got that kind of free pit stop but you look at where he's you know in the normal races like you know qualified ninth in the sprint 13th uh finished 10th there's really good results all round you can't just say that it's just uh luck from a uh you know uh the pit stop um i think he got uh you know what he could out of that alfa romeo it's a very impressive result and um yeah well done bottas well done, Valtteri. Zhou Guanyu now started the sprint in 15th, finished 14th, started the race in 19th, finished 9th. Gone for an 8 out of 10 for Zhou Guanyu. Uh, it's a great result. Um, P9, uh, very impressive and yeah, brings home more points for Alfa Romeo. Uh, I think there were moments in that, yeah, he, he definitely looked the slower driver compared to, uh, to Bottas this weekend and um, there were some moments where he looked like he was, um, you know, quite slow and struggling quite a lot. But the strategy worked well and he executed it uh, really well, was running in that kind of, in, in the points for a lot of the race. Uh, it was actually quite interesting that his um, 
strategy was essentially the reverse of <laughs> what Bottas did, where he went for a really short, soft tyre stint at the end. But of course, uh, the 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 thing with that is uh, he didn't. It wasn't the change behind the safety car. So, um, but it's still uh, a, a well executed race, and uh, P nine is a is a fantastic result in an Alfa Romeo. Certainly is. I've gone for an eight out of ten for Joe Guanyu as well. Uh, I think. Scoring a couple of points, such a massive points haul for Alfa Romeo. They can be incredibly proud of themselves. And uh, I think that they weren't there actually on pace necessarily, but um, to, to be able to utilize it with both cars uh, and then you've got Haas tripping over themselves, putting in the wrong grid box, that sort of stuff. It's These are the moments where eighth, ninth, 10th, seventh in the Constructors' Championship uh, are decided. And, and of course, Alfa with this result move ahead of Haas. So we'll see if Haas can... And bounce back or not, but uh, right now, Alfa Romeo out of nowhere and the team of the weekend, absolutely. Oscar Piastri now started the sprint in first, finished first, and started the race in sixth and finished second. It's going to be a four out of ten. Uh, I'm joking. <laughs> it's, of course, a ten out of ten for Oscar Piastri. I cannot stress how impressed... I have been with Oscar Piastri of late, especially as soon as that McLaren car got good, as soon as he got given the upgrades, he was delivering. Now, I am not saying in a 1v1 race, he is quicker than Lando Norris at the moment, especially over race pace. But what he has shown is a mistake-free weekend at a track that McLarens are very good at. Oscar will deliver a very, very good performance. And that is what he did. He won the sprint... He finished second in the race after a slightly fortuitous, fortuitous beginning with the uh, chaos with the Mercedes. But still, he, he stuck it in. He wasn't that far off Max at the end as well. And I can't, I can't praise him more, to be honest with you. Oscar is, you have to keep reminding yourself, he is a rookie. He has not <laughs> been in an F1 car to any of these tracks, really. It's crazy how well he's performing. Yeah, uh, gone for a 10 out of 10 as well. Of course, the little mistake in, in qualifying could have started the race higher, but with the Mercedes crash, he kind of got straight up into P2 anyway. Uh, but I can't downgrade him just because of how impressive the rest of it is because essentially, like, sure, take one point off, but I'd have given him an 11 if I could because uh, Same. It's, it's such a good uh, a good drive. Like you say, for a rookie... Um, you know, we've mentioned, we've given like Logan Sargent the benefit of the doubt so many times. I've got to remember he's still a rookie, um, but like, look what Piastri is doing. I know they're in obviously very different cars, of course, but like Piastri could have easily bottled the sprint when he had Max Verstappen behind him or made a little error or, or struggled for pace or whatever. But he kept his cool in the sprint as well, which I think was the most impressive thing um, when, you know, he got passed by Russell and Sainz, but still sort of kept calm, was like, oh, the mediums will come back to me, came back through the field. Um, and then equally the same with the with the race. It's, it's so impressive what he's doing. And uh, what a statement to uh, kind of already be at this point in the team. Like you say, I don't think, you know, I'm not going to jump to conclusions and be like, oh, he's way better than Lando, because I know some people are saying that and I don't think it's fair. Um, or true. But... <laughs> or true yeah exactly but it's so impressive what he's doing and he will make Lando sweat a bit because if he's this good now think how good he's going to be with a full season under his belt next year with more you know uh, more experience and goodness me like what a what an exciting driver um so so glad McLaren took the the punt with him because let's not forget it was controversial and Everyone was like, oh, no, you can't beat out Danny Rick and all this kind of stuff. And boy, did they make the right decision. Oscar's a, a proper, amazing talent. Yeah, Alpine was right, weren't they? He will regret his decision. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, about that one. About that one. <laughs> well done, Oscar Piastri. You were amazing. Lando Norris now started the sprint in second, finished third, and started the race in 10th and finished third. Gone for an eight out of ten for Lando. Um, it's almost a nine, but I think maybe I'm rating it on expectation a little bit as well, uh, and think it's a missed opportunity that you know La uh, 
the fact that Oscars won the sprint and finished second. Of course, Lando can claim he was quicker in the race and wasn't allowed to uh, challenge, but the reason he was there in the first place was because you know, he had a couple of mistakes uh, in uh, qualifying, which meant that he started 10th. And you've got to think with his race pace, don't think he would have beaten Max, but it's certainly a what-if moment. Um, and then, again, an error in the in the sprint that meant that that he wasn't on the front row to have potentially, you know, w- maybe would have won the sprint if he decided on the clean side. So, um, yeah, it's still a it's still a good performance, and he's driving well and and bagging a lot of points. And my God, McLaren are just cooking right now. Uh, see, it's been confirmed today that it was the world record pit stop uh, at exactly one point eight seconds. So. Um, yeah, just a little shout out to to McLaren and just what an amazing job they're doing at the moment because they were the laughing stock after to Bahrain and what a turnaround. I think a large shout out. It's a world record, the fastest yeah. pit stop ever. Yeah. And uh, yeah, amazing stuff from McLaren. It's amazing to see that they've got such a passionate, amazing fan base that I feel like I resonate with uh, due to the hard times that they have also gone through over the last few years and uh, and now they're back to to right at the front and uh, yeah it's it's amazing to see um i've gone for an eight out of ten as well for lando norris i agree with everything that you've said you, you look at it on paper and you go well he finished third on the, in the sprint and third in the race but i genuinely believe that could have been a first and a first potentially that that, that was on the cards if Lando Norris at the very least a, a ten first ten. and challenging for the win. Yeah. what might have been, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and, and uh, if you think of how far, if you think how far Piastri was behind Verstappen at the end, I know Verstappen was managing his tires, managing the gap a little bit, managing his pace more than his tires. Yeah. Sorry, um, and he said that after the race, but still, Lando was quite comprehensively quicker than Piastri at the end of that race. Lando himself said that he was on the pace of Max Verstappen, and if he gets pole. It's it plays into his hands and this the Red Bull and the t- uh, the the tire whispering machine that it is wasn't able to be utilized in this race. So if Lando's in front, I think he has a fantastic opportunity of winning that, and that's a ten out of ten performance for me because that was on on the cards. I think if he gets second and second, it's a nine out of ten. But instead, he gets a third and third, so it's an eight out of ten. That that is my thinking right now. Um, okay. You know, it's still a good performance. He's very hard on himself as Lando, but that's just kind of his mindset, right? He'll just be pretty tough on himself because he he, he has high expectations and he knows exactly what, what we know. Achieve. Yeah, yeah, he knows what was on offer. Qatar was the one that we all hyped up for McLaren and it was there to see that McLaren could have challenged Red Bull this weekend. Uh, and Lando, unfortunately, wasn't able to deliver uh, in either sprint or the race. Um, but still, a couple of podiums and uh, a lot of points for McLaren, who are now 11 points behind Aston Martin. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're that, gone. There's no they're, chance they that Aston is staying ahead of that, that Stroll. Yeah. Oh, poor old Stroll. <laughs> fair. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Pierre Gasly started the sprint in 11th, finished 9th, started 7th for the race and finished 12th. Gone for a 5 out of 10 for Pierre Gasly, mainly because he didn't score any points. It was on offer, uh, finished just outside of the points in the sprint uh, due to starting on the soft tyres. And then in the race, you know, there were points up for grabs. Esteban Ocon showed that. He finished 7th. Uh, but unfortunately, due to some mistakes Gasly made, penalties... 
uh, he finished twelfth. Uh, so it's it's disappointing because again, I think a seven or eight out of ten was possible if he'd scored some points and not made those mistakes, but he did. And uh, it's a bit of a, a missed opportunity, I think, for Alpine that looked actually quite good around Qatar, which is surprising. Yeah, I've gone for a five out of ten as well for for Gasly. It was a very quiet race from a midfield car way where kind of he's finished mid pack and maybe um should have been should have been higher and, and bagged some points when you've got uh like I say, when when Alpha are finishing ninth and tenth, you think that Alpine should be ahead of that. Uh so it's a missed opportunity for Gasly to to score some points. And uh it's very close, is it not, between Ocon and Gasly now in the championship? Yeah, so that's a nice little tasty fight. Two points in it. Uh, Gasly currently ahead by two points, but they are going to want to beat each other, aren't they, uh, at the end of the season, 100%. Oh, yes, indeed. Esteban Ocon now started the sprint in 10th, did not finish, and started the race in 8th, finished 7th. I've gone for a 9 out of 10 for Ocon, um, which may seem very generous, but... I think it's maybe an 8 out of 10. Maybe I'm hyping him up a bit more because 7th is the best he could have got. Um, Come on, lock in a number, Tommy. I'm going for 9 because the guy threw up in his helmet after about 20 laps and carried on and finished a brilliant 7th. And I think that's got to be commended. Sprint you can't blame him for because he's, (laughs) you know, he's he's been wiped out. Oh, no, sorry, it was his fault. No, he did the wiping. No, I'm sorry. I'm, I, he did the wiping, didn't he? I was just thinking, I was watching, I I'm just sorry. thought about that crash and was like, no, they I were. Could, I could definitely... hear your brain yeah. whirring away. Like, as no, you were it like... was him, wasn't it? Yes, it's an eight. <laughs> <laughs> it's an eight for Ocon. Um, totally forgot about the sprint. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a, a bad mistake in the sprint. So yeah, he's got, he's knocking down a grade um, despite being sick and getting a plus point for that. So it's an eight out of ten. Sorry for Ocon. Completely forgot about the. Uh, <laughs> The, the moment in the sprint that is more on definitely more uh, on him. Um, so that was the bad side of Ocon. The good side of Ocon was a, a brilliant seventh, um, a very good uh, very good drive in the race and and bagged some points that we just mentioned previously that his, his teammate probably should have got as well. Yeah, I've gone for an eight out of 10 for, for Esty Bestie. It, it, I was close to giving him a seven due to the sprint crash because that definitely was on him, but... Uh, it was so impressive how he managed to to fight his own inner battles during the the main race, and uh, you know you just have to commend him for that. Obviously, all the drivers were having their own struggles out there, um, but for Esteban to have continued the way he did uh, is is commendable, and and to finish seventh and and get six points uh, is is a really good drive. So uh, so well done to Esteban. Lewis Hamilton now started the sprint in twelfth, finished fifth. Started the main race in third and did not finish. I've gone for a two out of ten for Lewis Hamilton. What more can we really say? Like the sprint, fine. You know, he had a he had a good comeback through the field, finished fifth. But he crashed into his teammate uh, at the start. It was on him. He himself has said it's 100% his fault. I've seen some people being like, oh, well, Hamilton didn't actually apologise and he just he just said it was a racing instant. The thing is, right, he's not going to say to the media, whilst the weekend is still going on, that was absolutely my fault, 100%, blah, 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 whatever, because that would then open him up to potentially the FIA who are investigating him and Russell <laughs> for that incident, that he's just gone and said in the media that it's 100% his fault. So, of course, he's going to blanket it somehow, but... You know, he put a tweet out, I think, afterwards and, and sort of cleared that up. And it's it's unfortunate. It really is because there was a there was a great result on the table uh, for Mercedes. Uh, but he made that mistake. and It was his fault. There was discussions, I think, with Mercedes around Hamilton on the soft tyres, potentially going past Russell at the start to make use of them. But it was an audacious move. Russell clearly hadn't fallen in line, perhaps like he'd expected, if that was the case. Um, but at the end of the day, crashed into him ruined Russell's race to a degree and uh, obviously he's out of the race yeah I've gone for a 2 out of 10 for Lewis Hamilton as well uh, I think in terms of uh, driver ratings um, not that of course he cares about it but in terms of our driver ratings he's he's very lucky because that there's a sprint uh, that 
that's kind of saved him a little bit because if this was just the race, I'd have given him a flat out zero because there's literally nothing worse in Formula One than crashing out of the race that's your fault and you've taken your teammate <laughs> as as well. So it's kind of like the worst thing you can do. So um, it's got to be a big downgrade for Hamilton. Obviously, his sprint comeback was was impressive, um, but boy, that was a costly mistake uh, in the race because who knows what might have happened um, in the race. Um, you know, you saw like what Bottas did where essentially got that free pit stop on the softs. Like even if Hamilton hadn't taken the lead, his pace maybe, you know, he'd have got that free pit stop in hand at the start and maybe could have made moves. It would have been so fascinating to see. And I think that is the most disappointing thing. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Hamilton would have won. Or we will never know because George had good pace. But I think it's a shame we never got to see that that pan out um, because it would have been fascinating. But yeah, not a, a definite weekend to forget. Uh, for, for Hamilton, particularly as Perez was um, so bad as well that this was Hamilton's chance to get some big points to secure P2 in the in the title. Uh, sorry, not secure, to catch for P2 in the title. Yeah, I think the most interesting part that it would have been was just that Mercedes would have potentially just messed with Verstappen and Red Bull a little bit if Hamilton on the soft tyres like we saw in the sprint, was going to be as quick as, as George Russell was against Piastri, then Hamilton would have taken the lead. And all of a sudden, you've got a completely different race on our hands. And perhaps Hamilton pits really early and you've got a, an offset strategy compared to Verstappen and Russell. And you know, anything could have happened. Uh, and that's, that's the, uh, the gutting thing from a fan perspective because it would have been amazing to see how that would have unfolded. Because um, then Max may have not been able to have the luxury of, oh, I'll go 18 laps and just stay out forever and then I'll come in for another stop. Because that was the luxury that Max had and Red Bull that they could just pick and choose when they, when they pitted. Um, so yeah, unfortunate for Lewis Hamilton. George Russell now started the sprint in fourth, finished fourth, started the main race in second, finished fourth. I have gone for a 9 out of 10 for for George Russell. I think he had an absolutely brilliant weekend and it's so unfortunate that we didn't get to see what he could do in the race. Um, To say how much he's been uh, struggling this season uh, in the last... Well, he's he's struggled a lot in the last few races. Um, The the gap to Hamilton was 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 frightening really and and getting getting worse and you were uh I think you know even Ted Kravitz said before the start of the race that like George needs to have a good weekend here um and he was he was better than Hamilton all weekend uh, it was very impressive actually you know uh, beat him in both uh qualifying sessions um the sprint by uh, a lot because Hamilton didn't even make it into the next um session uh, and then of course what might have been, um, he, yeah, it's very unfortunate that he got uh, taken out and uh, probably could have got a P2, um, probably would have, would end up P2 uh, if he'd have uh, started there and, and not had the, the incident. Um, I think he was really, really impressive this weekend and hopefully for him it's that confidence boost now after a bad run of races um, is weird to say after a confidence boost when you've had a collision with your teammate turn one um, but obviously it's absolutely not his his fault at all and I won't I won't have saying that he should have fallen in line because essentially he's he's not done anything he's just stayed on his on his line essentially but well done George that was that was a really really good weekend it really was nine out of ten from me as well uh, for George Russell he was quick absolutely from the word go really was was George and 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 so impressive so gutting to see that he didn't get one podium for probably one of his best performances of the year especially when you compare it to, to his teammate Lewis Hamilton and uh yeah what might have been I really wish we would have seen you know would he have been as quick as say Norris but then Norris would have been much further back had there not been the crash so therefore as well with Piastri would he have struggled to get through Leclerc and Alonso these are questions that will never be answered. Uh, but I definitely, you know, I said before the race that I think that Mercedes would have had that double podium locked down just purely because they know how to execute a race. And unfortunately, they, uh, they they didn't execute at all. And in fact, Hamilton was out of the race by turn one. So I wonder what Toto Wolff did to his table. Carlos Sainz now started the sprint in fifth, finished sixth, didn't start the race, <laughs> but he qualified 12th. Uh, 
I've gone for a six out of ten for Carlos Sainz. I was going to say five, but he had a pretty good sprint. Defended very, very hard, especially against his own teammate. That one, I'm really interested to see if that one overflows at any point. But um, didn't start the race, obviously. So I'm kind of giving him a, an extra point for the sprint because uh, he scored some good points. Um, but yeah, it was uh, some good entertainment in those 19 laps that we saw in the sprint, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've gone for a 7 out of 10 for Carlos. Um, didn't even do the race at all, but this is basically on um, the fact of what we hear in the next grade um, because, uh, yeah, I'm doing it in comparison to his teammate and it's a difficult one because he beat um, Charles in the sprint and was good, but obviously he did do that mistake in uh, qualifying and um, I don't think that he was a million miles off despite uh, the, the quali error. So, How are you giving my man a 7 out of 10 for not doing the main race? Because you can't downgrade him for not doing the main race and he's had a sprint. Like, we've given drivers 6 out of 10 for, like, their qualifying result, but he's had a sprint and done actually good. So, like, I get, mm. I get like, I wouldn't give someone a 7 if there was no sprint race to even do. But when you find out I mean, that would be crazy. Charles Leclerc, <laughs> it Okay, well, let's, that... should we find out then? Let's find out. <laughs> Charles Leclerc now started the sprint in sixth, finished 12th and started the main race in fifth and finished fifth. I've gone for an eight out of 10 for Charles Leclerc. Um, so I've essentially given Carlos one less because he's done uh, you know, better than him in, in the sprint, but had that, that quali error. Um, it is hard to judge the Ferraris because not really sure where they were, but I think uh, in the main race, Charles did uh, a very good job uh, and did the best he, he could um, in the situation and uh maybe uh did you know did a did a good job to beat um Alonso and like maximized it like his error. Um the sprint obviously wasn't <laughs> wasn't great for him. Uh the fact that he had those those penalties and, and probably should have bagged more points there. But um it was a good uh, a good drive in, in the main race to to bag some points. But my God, I can't believe Ferrari in a race where the two Mercedes collided at turn one didn't gain on the, the constructors and in like a race how... where tire wear wasn't as much of an issue yeah exactly it's, it's crazy it's bad times i've gone for a seven out of ten for charles leclerc um maybe it would have been an eight had it just been the main race but the sprint was obviously a disappointment especially with the, the post-race penalty uh due to track limits so uh, a missed opportunity there for a few points uh so yeah it was just kind of like a very quiet race for charles leclerc we didn't see much of him he beat Alonso, obviously, due to uh, Fernando's error and then just kind of sat in no man's land for most of the race. So I think that pretty much warrants a, a 7 out of 10 from me. And who is the Charles Leclerc fanboy on this podcast now? I don't <laughs> know. Right. Sergio Perez started the sprint in 8th, did not finish, started from the pit lane, finished 10th. I've gone for... Two out of ten for Sergio Perez. Uh, it was going to be a three, but then I looked at that result and then remembered he's in a Red Bull. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's won the race and the championship. Exactly. I mean, it was unfortunate for him, the sprint. He was just in, I mean, he had a poor qualifying, which then put him in the mid-pack for something like this to happen. And that's what happened uh, from starting eighth. And then obviously started from the pit lane after his crash and had to have his car rebuilt in a way that broke regulations and this, that and the other. So, um yeah, start from the pit lane, but then still, even though he started from the pit lane, we had a safety car, lap one. So he's right on the back of the pack after lap one. Um, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised that um, that Red Bull didn't throw a, a different strategy for for Perez, um, similar to what, I mean, I guess he started on the hard, so that's the, the difference there, is that if he had started on the softs, perhaps they would have gone for a more aggressive, yeah. you know, lap three pit, but starting on the hards is is a difficult thing, and... And whatnot, but still, he had a just a just a clumsy race. Three track limit penalties. He even had the team radio saying, "You are hurting our race." Like that is. That's I mean, brutal, he knows that. He knows that. He doesn't need to be told that, but he was told that. I think it was. Oh, is it one of the worst races for Perez this season? Potentially, <laughs> because it's not like Rinse he and repeat every weekend. It seems. That's yeah, it's, it's crazy. As my doorbell's going, so let it's, me know what you think it's, about it's Sergio, Sergio Perez, Perez fans. <laughs> Yeah, Sergio Perez at the door. 
I've also gone for a 2 out of 10 for Sergio Perez. Just when you think it can't get any worse, it kind of does get worse. Like, the guy just needs to have a normal solid race, even if he finishes like 6th, 7th, 8th. It's just getting embarrassing. Obviously, you can't blame him for the sprint um, DNF because he was... Yeah, you you can only blame him to the point where why is he racing a Haas in the first place, I guess. Uh, so you can't, from that point, you're always, you know, running that, that risk uh, of having a collision when you're battling with midfield cars, um, even though it wasn't his fault. But then the main race, yeah, he's obviously started from the pits, but, you know, Max has started from the back and easily finished P2, started, um, and even won races sometimes from, from near the back. So um, that car is... No, it's wrapped up the championship. It's wrapped up both championships now. And uh, Perez should be at least getting a good amount of points. Um, but the problem is, it's just like these errors. Like to have three track limit penalties is pretty um, pretty shocking. Uh, and it is like that Logan Sargent thing where we're like, he doesn't need to beat his teammate, just have a solid race. Uh, and then it's like, it's a different thing each week Is is the is the crazy thing. It's like, how is Perez's race going to be absolutely awful this week? One time it's trek limits, then it's smashing into a car, then it's just being generally slow. And there's so many things now, it doesn't even seem to be one thing that's hurting him. Uh, it's just a kind of catalogue of errors. So, yeah, it's really not looking good for, for Checo at the moment, um, which is a shame because... We say it every time, but he's not actually a bad driver. His confidence is just clearly shot and he's not getting on with this car. So not good for for Checo and you wonder. Um, I don't know if this has ever happened. I imagine not, but uh, <laughs> has a driver ever lost their seat for winning, uh, finishing second in the World Championship? I don't think so. It shows how bad it bad it has been for him. Yeah, he was very lucky, wasn't he, for Hamilton to, to DNF in this race. Yeah. Otherwise, that the gap between those two would have come down significantly, potentially. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, Sergio Perez, uh, he, he said in the post-race interview that he thinks that, you know, there's a few things that they can try and this, that and the other. And he's just like, well, how how long is this process before he gets his confidence back? It's it's just becoming a painful watch now, uh, really, for, for, for us and, and, uh, and Perez's performances, unfortunately. Max Verstappen now. Started the sprint in third, finished second. And started the race in first, finished first. Go for a one out of ten for Max because finishing second is just appalling. No, um, graceful. It, <laughs> I've gone for a ten out of ten. Um, you know, you could give him a, a nine to be like it's not perfect, but it's not enough to knock him down a whole grade. You know, if you look at it on paper as well, uh, finishing second in a sprint is one point, so it's almost like winning the race and not not getting fastest lap. So he's bagged a load of points. His race was sensational uh made it look very easy i think the most impressive thing this year that i've said so many times when you look at uh perez's race or or even just you know th- there'll always be this argument it's always this argument with anyone that's got a good car is like oh it's just the car but but this is a new a new thing that's been thrown at him this year there's many different scenarios we've had we've had zandvoort where it's like an apocalyptic rainstorm you've had you know um loads of different things and he still continues to deliver and this is another one where like you were saying uh, when we were talking about the the mclarens they didn't have that advantage like they normally do i'm not saying that the red bull wasn't a very good car because of course it was um and he still won the race and it's a very very good car and still maybe even the the best car on the grid but it's not like this wild advantage like they've had um because of the the tyre situation um, and the fact that he's just made it look so easy still is incredibly impressive when he's wrapped up the title and could easily have taken his foot off the gas but Max Verstappen doesn't know anything other than winning and that's why he is going to have a scary number of race victories when he decides to finally call it a day. He certainly is. I've also gone for a 10 out of 10, you know, Finishing second in the sprint, so be it, whatever. He still managed to win the, the main race and, and dominated from the front. He made it look so easy. Uh, but you could tell, come the end of the race, and obviously sat down in the cool-down room, it wasn't easy. It wasn't like a, a walk in the park for, for Max in that race. And 
whatever you throw at him, it's crazy. Because you used to, I remember just looking at Formula One and thinking, oh, you know, even a few years ago when Mercedes were dominating and we have a rainy weekend and something crazy happens and someone out of the ordinary wins. When we have a rainy weekend now or something's different about it, whether it's the track or it's sand or whatever, I still think Max Verstappen's going to win. That That's the difference. Yeah. Is there's, There is an inevitability about him that I don't think I've ever experienced. Maybe like when I used to watch Michael Schumacher back at Ferrari and sort of expect him to win most races. If the... <laughs> Why is Why? my doorbell going off all the time? <laughs> Eight o'clock at night. Why is your post arriver this time? So Max Verstappen, yeah, I think that definitely 10 out of 10 easily. Uh, and anyone that thinks anything less, they can jog on. It's funny you mentioned that about the the whole like, you know, during other dominant eras, you've seen people like take the win. And it's funny that um, I was thinking about this the other day because obviously there's the um, stats flying around that. And it's mad to think that, you know, Max is on his third title now and no one else is really getting a, a sniff. Like it's crazy to think like Hamilton's not won for the last two years. Perez has got what, like four wins as his teammate maybe in those two years. Charles Leclerc's got a few, but not loads. Science has got, got one. a lot of poles, though, Charles. Yeah, uh, got Russell's... a lot of pole positions. That's what that's what matters, right? Sorry, just wanted to. But, but it's insane to think because you know you you mentioned it like the the Mercedes era or whatever or um, when it was between Mercedes and Ferrari, you had those crazy races and Max would win. Like he'd, he'd still pick up two or three races race wins in the year, and no one no one's doing that this yeah, year. Max now he's would got be the, the anomaly. Car. Yeah, Max exactly. would be the anomaly, but now Max is not the the anomaly. There isn't He's anyone the who's doing one. what There's he no used one to, to do. do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it, and that that to me is like that. In my opinion, should shut shut the haters up. That you just go back and look at, you know, but because you you could quite easily say, oh, this is McLaren's one opportunity to win, so they should have taken it, and they haven't. So it just shows that the F1 cars don't drive themselves. You need some kind of skill to do it and you have to deliver because people have made mistakes. So um, what he's doing is, is so impressive and I'm not, I'm not going to kind of shy away from it anymore and, and kind of be like, Oh, uh, feel embarrassed <laughs> feel like to say this, it. <laughs> I feel like you, you said this in the last time we spoke about yeah, Max yeah. as well. I'm but, not shying away from it anymore. Yeah. Next episode. I am not shying away from it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it's a great it's a great driver again and um i think we know who's going to win the driver ratings because he's not got much less than a 10 in a lot of these races has he oh what the overall driver yeah ratings, the overall thing yeah, yeah. It's not i think be close. He's, he's already wrapped <laughs> that one up as well even if he has ones from here on in i think yeah i think so and finally winter crown our p1 oscar piastri thank you for coming to my matt talk yeah, definitely. Uh, I think the Piastri thing as well, it's just it's such a statement. I, I know I mentioned about it's not, you can't jump to conclusions too much, but it is a proper statement to be like, I've got my first win first. I'm ahead of you in the race. Like, I'm I'm the rookie and I'm, I'm already doing this. Like, f- I should be feared. <laughs> it is, it's brilliant from, from Piastri. Uh, yeah. He's got a very bright um, career ahead of him. He's, I think he's going to be a, a very special talent. So it's exciting times. The editor's going to hate me that I didn't speak about Oscar Piastri enough for the leaderboard to come up and for people to see where I've rated people. So Oscar Piastri, what an amazing driver he was this weekend. Hopefully now the leaderboard has come up and you can see all of my ratings from this weekend's Qatar Grand Prix. Okay, there you go then. Thank you, everybody, one and all, for watching uh, all of our content, not just this one, all of it, all listening, wherever you may be. Thank you for supporting P1. Tommy, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts are, um, I was going to say the next race uh, will be a bit more straightforward, but it's another sprint, so... um, going to be going to be some more interesting driver ratings for the next one because i always find uh these difficult to to weigh the two options up but um i've got a lot of sprints to to end the season with uh, which is going to be interesting indeed 
I'm sure you will let us know our, uh, your ratings as well in a kind and composed manner. So we look forward <laughs> to listening or reading, le- listening, I don't know why we'll be listening to them, reading them soon. So we'll see you very soon. Bye. Bye. P1 is a Stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.